Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there. Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. On this episode of Headliners, I am joined by probably one of my favorite new faces in underground hip hop. Uh, I highly recommend that you check out his EPs, A Vibe Called West, Volume 1, 2, and 3. Um, they are absolutely fantastic. Please welcome to the show the one and only Grandview. Hello, sir. What's up, Greg? Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being here. So let's let's dive right into this monster. Uh, what's the most awkward question you've ever been asked in an interview? This one right here. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> no, that's totally like that's fair. <laughs> no, no, I think um, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, I guess like it's fair. But when people are like, you're from Manhattan Beach, like, why are you a rapper? I'm like, you're totally right. I don't have like an incredible answer for it based off the history of hip hop, but you know, I love making music and it kind of just pours out of me. So I would say that, but I also kind of respect the question. I'm obviously just always like, I don't know what to say, you know? So I would say that. If you could collaborate with any musician living or dead, who would you pick? Maybe Paul McCartney. I love the Beatles and I just like, I respect after seeing like the newest Beatles documentary, especially like seeing his drive and the way that he pushed the other Beatles to complete that last album or the album that was supposed to be let it be and then they would do the other one um Abbey Road but just like seeing how and then also he was kind of the mastermind behind Sgt. Pepper's so Paul McCartney to me is just like he's a brilliant songwriter but I also love his drive and his the effort that he put into making one of the biggest bands in the world the biggest band in the world so yeah Paul McCartney I like that and actually in the history of this show, uh, you are the first person to mention a member of the Beatles. Really? That's crazy. Well, man, I hope. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I hope he hears this. You know, that's a, uh, hey, this is a spark. <laughs> that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll manifest that for you. I appreciate that law of attraction. Describe uh, your latest. Your latest project is a vibe called West Volume Three. Describe it in one word. 
Yeah, I would say polished. I would say it's my most polished work and it kind of takes the best aspects of what makes me Grandview and my previous projects. And I think packages it in a polished and, you know, just great way. That's what I would say. Who Who is an artist that if they just happened to pop up in, in this Zoom right now and said, Grandview, I need you to go on tour with me right now. Who are you dropping everything for? Um, it had to be Logic because, I mean, obviously people have their opinions about Logic, but I found him on, this song is sick, and it's like a blog in 2011, in his first mixtape, Young Sinatra, and he was one of the first artists that I fell in love with, man, and I've just, I've read his books, I've watched his Just Another Day vlogs, and um, I think he, he just has a big influence on me, and I would, uh, I think I would do a really good job of performing in front of his audience. I think our audiences overlap really well. Have to be logic. Yeah. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? I would put myself on rap caviar. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would say, you know, me and my manager, Greg, shout out my manager, Greg. He's like one of my best friends and he kills it. Um, it's really sad what how much scams there are in the underground hip hop community with these fake Instagram um, accounts and these people that are telling you that they'll get press. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty calculated and I vet people and I still even have gotten caught in like one or two. And it's just, I can't imagine, you know, what type of person would prey on these like young 18, 19 year old artists that are truly just doing this for the love of it. And they're getting, um, sadly, I think they're getting scammed a lot and they're getting um, botted, plays and they're they think that they're making progress and I just it kind of breaks my heart and I hope that one day I have the means to help com combat that problem truthfully so I would say that yeah I think about that a lot man and it's just really it's 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 crazy like you wouldn't believe the type of messages that they send you it's like every like two or three weeks I'll get one of these um you've been you've been spotted by a playlist curator for spotify and i'm like i i'm this is a podcast like <laughs> they're like we want you on big um big banger beats and you're like what <laughs> what's a venue that you'd give anything to perform it um I think there's like two levels. The first one would be like right now, kind of on my stage, I would love in the next year and a half, you know, maybe, yeah, like year and a half to perform at SOBs in New York. I've just seen a lot of my favorite artists kind of sell that out. And it's not like the biggest venue in the world, but it's kind of like a stepping stone in hip hop. And then like my, my pipe dream or not, I guess the one that I eventually would want to do towards the end of my career would be either SoFi Stadium or the Forum just because I'm from LA. And I feel like that would just be like the ultimate uh, like you kind of, your city loves you and you kind of made it those two. What's your worst habit during the songwriting process? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I would say it's, you know, a lot of times, like when, like, you know, I feel like other people that like cared so deeply about lyrics will probably feel me. Like when you focus more on like what you're saying, instead of like how you're saying in the flow of it, because like, as like lyrical people, you know, people that like really love, like, communicating what they feel through their music 
sometimes I've, I, I'm so focused on like how, like the words of it and sometimes it won't flow correctly. So then I go up on the mic and it just sounds jumbled or there's too many syllables. So I always have to remind myself like, no, like people listen to the rhythm a lot first and how your voice is sounding. And then the lyrics are just like the, the ribbon or the cherry on top. So that's, I definitely fall into that category a lot. And I have to check myself on that. What's a song that anytime you hear it on like the radio or streaming or something, you go, damn, I wish I had written that. Uh, uh, Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst by Kendrick Lamar. That's like the greatest written track I've ever heard. Yeah, it's brilliant. The way that like, I mean, just every single, it took him like a year to write and it really shows every single word. It's just, he, he, it's it's not the way it's like the words that he chooses like they're all just normal human emotions but he says them in such a cool and unique way that i'm like like you know you kind of sit there and you're like how did you think of that you know it's just there's so much care in each word describe your perfect day yeah i'm like my face is grinning because i was going to be like bad bitch shooting on the club no i'm joking um not at all so i'm like i'm a pretty like not like homebody, but like I would definitely like, you know, I kind of wake up. It's like a Sunday. Um, I got Red Zone on. You know, I live with three of my best friends. Shout out um, Abu, JT, and um, Davis. All my boys would come over as well. We kind of like watching football during the day. I'm grilling for everyone. Um, I'm making my food because I love to cook as well. Um, then we also kind of have this like, so I'd be doing that during the day. Maybe go out, play a little bit of um, beach volleyball or go in the ocean. And then um, around like four or five for the night game, we go up on our like a roof that we kind of have where there's a grill. Then I kind of like flip some burgers and stuff. And then we'd kind of end it. Then we could kind of also go on my roof and we could see the sunset because I live in Venice. So um, it would just kind of be all in that like beach area with my house, like just having some beers, cooking with my friends and just watching football and stuff, I would say. Like very non, very like non-rapper kind of just like chill shit. <laughs> I'm just... And then like all my managers is like, why the fuck didn't you say the studio, dude? You got to be in the studio all the time. That's every everybody else that has been on this show. Um, they've they've all included something something about working. So I I appreciate that there there has been now one answer where someone is like, I I just want to hang out and party and bullshit like. <laughs> yeah, you know my my parents are super proud of that. No, I'm what's a song lyric yours or someone else's uh that's always stuck with you i don't know i'm big i was like last week i was listening to so much faces by mac miller um he has a song he has this line on funeral where it's like what is it um 22 don't feel so old sometimes i feel like i'm 82 you mean to tell me god took seven days and all he made was you to me i'm like that like always sticks with me because like the imperfection of just like you know, God took seven days and like we're still built in these imperfect bodies and having these imperfect habits. So that that always stuck with me, that one line. And also just like the cadence of it's beautiful. What is your favorite cuss word? Fuck. <laughs> so it's just like it's beautiful. It's one, it's one it's just one syllable. It's just you can you can attach it before or after anything. And obviously it also refers to something that's amazing. So checks all the boxes for me. <laughs> Wait, really quick. What's the craziest one you've heard with that um, answer? Uh, the the craziest one I've ever gotten. Um, I mean, most of it's pretty standard fare. Uh, fuck shit, damn. Um, I got a twat waffle once, which I had to I had to pause 
the recording because I could not stop giggling uh, because I'm 12. Um, so yeah, probably probably Twawaffle has been the one that's. Well, I'm putting that in the song. You don't even know. That's gonna be great. So tell me, what is your favorite Beyonce song? Um, all night off of Lemonade. It's just like those horns on there are just incredible. And I don't know, my my mom, I shout out my mom and my sister. Um, they they love that album. And like my mom, like literally, my mom's like a therapist, psychologist. So she wrote like a piece on um how Beyonce healed through um obviously the infidelity of Jay-Z. And like she just like made me listen to that album and all night is just well, yeah, that's the one. It's just just hits with me. Is it all night or all night long? Please don't kill me. <laughs> What's something that people would be surprised that you own? What a great question. I don't even know. I'm like trying to think. Oh, yeah, this is pretty this is pretty douchey. Um I from like when I was like eight, 17 or 18, I think I went on Amazon and I bought the playbook from Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother. And every single time I see it on my shelf, I cringe. <laughs> so I'd say that. I'm being real with everybody, so if you want to kill me, um, I, I'm a I'm a person I'm a person for the masses. I got to be honest. But yeah, that's the one. I see it every single time. I'm like, why do I still have that? If there was a musical Mount Rushmore for you, who would be on it? I'm gonna stick to hip hop just because I feel like I could I should only speak on stuff that I'm educated about. <laughs> so, um, you know. For me, it would probably be Kendrick, um, Kendrick, Jay-Z, Eminem, and Nas um, are my four. And those, those might be safe choices for people, but they're, they're my choices. Um, I used to, sadly, I feel like I was going to put Kanye on there, but, you know, Kanye kind of has been a little wild lately, so I'm going to refrain from doing that. Using only colors, describe your music. See, Greg, these are fantastic questions, man. Thank you so much, by the way. This is the sickest, one of the sickest interviews I've ever done. This is great. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, I would say probably blue and white um, because whenever I listen to like Future Bass and Flume and Porter Robinson, I know I keep saying those names because the sounds that I, I'm so attracted to in my music right now um, are that. I would just say like, I don't know, it's like blue and white because to me, like the Future Bass kind of wubs are white but the, the keys and the, the guitar melodies and everything that I'm choosing underneath the sounds are very blue, but the combination of both. So I would say like those two. So you are putting together a super group. Who are the other members? I would say production. I want Pharrell. I think that'd be really cool. I love his just the unique style that he has um, as my like stylist slash creative director give me Tyler the creator because I love the worlds that he creates with each album. Lyricists give me Nas and J. Cole and they'll tell a really good story and I feel like I can kind of just play my position of combining all that and being the director of that. But I would say those people give me that. That would be amazing. So uh, if if any of those people happen to uh, be checking out this show, uh, if for no other reason than I want that to happen, let's uh, let's get the ball rolling on that, please. And thank you. I'm telling you, man, you'll be great. You'll be at the first show right now. Yeah, I got you. 
So the music industry gods come down and they push a pile of money at you and they say, Grandview, you are allowed to cover one song by any artist. Money is no object. We're going to record it. We're going to do a video. We're going to tour on this song alone. What song do you pick? For um, pro- Probably Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Yeah, I feel like the melodies in that song and also just like the, the lyrical content, it's so uh, universal to everyone. So I would say that song. Yeah, no, nah, I appreciate it. What about you? I don't know. I, it, it, for me, it changes every day. Um, and then like, for instance, like, you know, you, you just said everybody wants to rule the world. And my mind goes to uh, Lord's cover of that from the Dracula film a few years ago. Uh, th- that's like super slowed down and really dark. And I'm like, oh, I, I want to do that. Oh, that sounds sick. I know. You know what we could do? We could do a mashup, each of our versions. Oh, that would be fantastic. What's a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? Um, my song, Good News, is here. Um, I think the fast-paced flow and the beat and, like, the hook. I think the hook could be underneath when, like, people are talking. And it's such, like, a spacey and atmospheric type song that I think it could either in the... Even, like, when people are speaking, like, at a party, it could go just... It could just slide underneath because it's so spacey. So I'd say Good News is here. And that's also, like, a fan favorite for a lot of people that follow me. They love that song. So this next question is uh, kind of a choose-your-own-adventure type thing. Um, I've got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews, and I will let you pick the one that you would like to answer. Your choices are, who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process like? I feel like I've been asked all three of those in one interview. <laughs> um, no, nah, you, you've had amazing questions, so no, I appreciate uh, just already kind of the questions you've been asking me. They're really unique. Um, but I would say, I mean, the first one influences just because like I'm early in the career and I want people um, listening to be able to um, kind of get something familiar that they would might understand. So I would say like my biggest influences are obviously Logic, J. Cole, um, Kendrick, then there's the Flume, Porter Robinson, Lewis the Child. Um, and then it's kind of some of the older people. I would say Nas, Big L, Common. Um, let me think, like, I guess Outcast, Andre 3000, and um, Lupe Fiasco. I mean, like, all I, I, and then also I couldn't forget Brockhampton started pretty much my idea of Grandview of having that big type name. So, all those people, I take, I think, my favorite things from each of the people that I just described and um, use them as uh, not like a blueprint, but just tools that in my toolbox that I can do. So, um, but like Brock, Brockhampton, Logic, and Flume, I would say are the three biggest ones that if people want to gravitate towards, uh, that, that's my sound. And another uh, first for the show, you were the first person to pick the influences question. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, I think, yeah, I think 
I don't know. I think the other ones are pretty much like be focused and like I want I want people to kind of understand where I came from, you know, like what my influences are. Damn, I'm getting a lot of firsts out here. This is crazy. What is your strangest pre-show ritual? Uh, <laughs> trying to think. I don't know. I mean, like I definitely, I feel like it's like my mine's pretty normal. I feel like I have like one or two beers just to loosen me up. And then um, I used to, so there's this, there's this show on Hulu um, called it's the Wu Tang show, and I used to when I was on tour with Swayze, um, I would watch the the lead up that they have um, of them going to the venue in either episode seven or eight. So actually, that and it's like them all in the car, and um, they're they're playing the sample from the song um, "Can I Live" by Jay Z, and it's just like it's the 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 I guess the tone of it's so like just like badass and like you feel like they're building up to this. So I used to literally watch it like before every single one of my shows, just that scene. So yeah, that. Do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Artist for sure. Um, I think my uh, my team sometimes wishes that I was like, you know, it was so funny. Shout out um, Nick Hughes. He's uh, like, my, or like kind of like our big brother consultant who helps my team just kind of guide us through the industry. He was like, you know, all the time that you put into songwriting and how much you care about the music these other people are putting into their content on TikTok. And he was like, I never want you to be the other way, but I want you to know that like, there's there's a way to balance it. So I would say definitely, I, I care so deeply about each song and I put so much time into each bar. Um, so definitely artist, I would say. What do most people say? I would imagine they say artist, correct or no? I usually it's the answer is both. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. How many alarms does it take to get you out of bed in the morning? Just one. I'm up at like 730 every single day. Yeah. I like I got to, you know, I live with you know, I live with three of my three of my roommates. All, you know, I'm the only one that doesn't have a traditional quote unquote job. So, you know, um, I don't want to be like sleeping until nine while everybody's getting ready to like you really grind for the day. So I try and keep myself on a pretty regimented schedule, you know, and just keep that uh, focused. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? I would say it's that people think that like it's some divine God given ability that's only selected for a few people. I think that it's truly a muscle and, you know, I didn't grow up with a musical background and I wasn't honing this since I was 15. It's taken me a long time to get to the level where I'm at. And by no means am I some like just generational, like I'm still growing every single day. And I know that I could become a really amazing songwriter. I know I'm a good one, but it's truly a craft that like you can get better at. And I think that some people get deterred from trying create like these creative outlets because they think that it's only selected to these like five or six people, but like, no, it's something that you can really cultivate and grow about yourself. And I encourage people to explore that outlet because it, it's, it's so healing and it makes you feel so great about yourself. And it's something that you're creating from nothing. So that, that's what I would say. What's the moment in your career that you're most proud of? This podcast. Um, no, but <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie to me, sir. <laughs> No, no, this is, uh, by the way, this is my first, this is like, this is incredible. This is, you know, just having a conversation like this. You don't know how much, you know, a year ago, this is exactly what I'm going to be doing. So that's really not that far off. I'm um, great, truthfully. Um, but I would say 
um, you know, I was able to bring out, you know, like I was able to bring out as many people as the headliner at one of my shows um, in LA. And, you know, shout out, the headliner was incredible. Um, but like, just like having all these people that really care about me um, and just dropping what they were going to do on a Friday night to come see me really meant the world. And um, I, it was a really good way to not only um, see that what we're doing is incredible, but I wanted to, you know, reward my team for their hard work and showing them like what we're doing is really, um, it's making a difference. So I would say that. So taking it back a little bit, I, what's the first song that you remember hearing? Wow. I'm definitely asking you this question after. This is a great question. Um, I would say, I think it's Sweet Child of Mine. I think my dad used to play that so much. And it's, it's like my flashbulb memory that I have. So it's, yeah, Sweet Child of Mine. What about you? Uh, the first song that I can remember hearing um, is White Wedding by B Billy Idol. If you could start your career over from the minute you decided to pursue music, would you do anything differently? I think I would just like tell myself that it's going to be, it's going to be longer than you thought it would be, but that's going to make it so much sweeter that like when I have moments like this, you know, when I'm actually discussing kind of what I've been working towards and meeting great people like you, or when I'm performing for no matter how many people are in front of me, like it makes it sweeter because it's been such a journey and nothing's been, and I've taken the long road at every single option. I really have. And um, I, I've, I've been loyal to the people that I love that are around me. So I would say it's not going to be as easy as you think, but it's going to be just as sweet and just as worth it as you think it is going to be. So you just got to keep going. But I would say that, yeah. What keeps you up at night? My, when my roommates leave the door open and those mosquitoes fly in my ear. And it's so annoying. I hope when they hear this, Davis, when they hear this, stop leaving the door open. No, I'm joking. Um, but I would think it's just like, I don't know. I think, um, I think it's just like, you know, I really want to give back to the people who have supported me. And I really want to obviously have enough money to be comfortable, but I also want to reward the people that give their all for me. And I want to make, and I want to take people away from some of like the jobs that they're working right now and just be able to employ my team full time and give them that opportunity. And also obviously just like, I, so I would say like just reaching that next level where I can allow us to do this full time and just sustain this for my team. Would you ever maybe consider trying acting? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it would be something that I would look to do like later on my career because I'm in no way a master of my craft. I still got those 10,000 hours to chip away at. But man, I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty emotive person that is able to communicate pretty well. And I think that like with anything, kind of like what I said with the music, like if I work at it, I think I could be also very good at it. So hell yeah, why not? It'd be fun. So uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world, what's out from you right now? What can, what should they be listening to? Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, go on my Spotify, my Apple music, anywhere that you listen or stream SoundCloud, um, you know, to listen to the first vibe call West one and two that I've been dropping. I think you're going to see the growth of an artist that 
hopefully you like spending time with on this podcast and just um you know it's lyrical hip-hop it's something that you can kind of sink your teeth into but the melodies and the sounds that i'm choosing are pretty bright and grandiose and there's a lot of ear candy in there so i think that it's not only something that you can have on in the background but it's something you can really sink your teeth into so i would say Hopefully, if you have the time, go check out Bob Caldwell's Volume 1 and Volume 2, and you're going to see, even from Volume 1 to Volume 2, there's a lot of progression in there. And then Volume 3 was just going to, I think, blow a lot of people away with what we were, me and my team were able to kind of create. And where can they find you on social media? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, on Team Grandview. So it's going to be Team Grandview on Instagram, um, TikTok, Twitter, uh, YouTube. And again, like the reason why, um, it's called Team Grandview is because I want anyone that listens to my music or becomes a fan, you're like, you, you become a fan of the team. Like, you know, I'm like the Lakers or something. And I want you to feel like you're a part of the team. Just like, I feel like when the Lakers win, like, I feel like I've won. I want you guys to feel like any win that, um, me and my team have, I want you to feel that win as well. So Team Grandview is on all the socials. Thank you, uh, for being here today. I really appreciate it. I have enjoyed this immensely and I am, I'm very excited for the future for you, sir. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it, you know, Greg. Thank you so much. Obviously, I know how much you're go how much uh you have going on in the podcast space and just other production companies that you have. So I really wish you the best of luck. And this has truly been uh one of the best interviews I've done. So um, just you taking the time means the world. And I hope you have a great day. And you know, thanks to all the listeners for listening. I hope that you enjoyed our conversation. This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.